Well, good morning and welcome to Redeemer this morning. Thank you for getting out and joining us for this time of worship. We are delighted that you are here. You know, when we think of a yearly calendar, we generally think of January 1st to December 31st, don't we? But you know what? The church has always viewed time a little differently. The beginning of the church year is actually today with the first Sunday in Advent. And this is a season of hope that sets the tone for the rest of the year as we focus on the one um, who will bring hope into our world and into our individual lives. So on this first Sunday of Advent, as we come into this worship this morning, as we prepare our hearts and minds to worship God, I invite you to come with open hearts. I invite you to sing boldly, and I invite you to pray as we search again for the Messiah. And we come to open our lives to the light of the world. We come to watch, we come to listen, we come to feel and to have the deepest longings of our heart fulfilled. So today we come to meet God and to receive the good news that Christ is coming again. That is what Advent's all about. Let's pray together, shall we? Gracious God, who loved the world so much that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to reveal the height and breadth and length and depth of your love, we come into this place this morning to worship you. Prepare our hearts so that we may approach you with a sense of reverence and receive all that you have for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Advent is a season of preparation and we're getting ready to celebrate again the birth of Jesus Christ. The story of Christmas is all about God coming to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. God left heaven to hang out with us and to prove his love for us and tell us how much he values each and every one of us. So across the next four Sundays, we're gonna be focusing on the fact that the Christmas story is really all about us. And I know that sounds a little narcissistic, but it's not really. It is the message of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah who predicted the coming Messiah in these words. He said, for a a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In this new series of messages this month, we're called Searching for God at Christmas, Uh, we're going to be looking at some of the scripture that points us uh, to Jesus. And we're gonna do it through the eyes of a famous character created by Charles Schultz by the name of Charlie Brown. So on this first Sunday in the season of Advent, I want us to be reminded of another Old Testament prophecy uh, written by Jeremiah who said, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise that I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he will execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness." Advent invites us to have a spirit of expectation as we anticipate the coming again of the Christ child at Christmas. Pray with me, will you? God of all history, 
The passing of time sometimes escapes us. We live from payday to payday, from party to party, from crisis to crisis in our life. Sometimes we lose sight of our spiritual state of health until something brings us up short and we take stock of ourselves again. We see all that's happening in our world around us, the problems, the pain that people face every day, but we don't always see that these are also signs of the time. So forgive our lack of expectation and forgive our indifference to your word and all that, that all these things have to take place and then the end will come. So eternal God, keep us aware of the message of this Advent season in our own lives and in our time. Help us to be watchful and waiting in anticipation for those places where your kingdom of love breaks into our existence and promises us a day coming when the struggles of this world will end and you will take control and your love will defeat evil and death once and for all. We look forward to your coming and we open ourselves to your presence as we worship you this day. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. It was 53 years ago that Charles Schultz and Bill Melendez teamed up to give us this classic story of Charlie Brown's search for the true meaning of Christmas. Beyond the iconic images of doghouses and Charlie Brown trees and the familiar music, what makes this story so powerful is that it speaks to all of us. How many of us during the holiday season will say something like, you know, I know I should be happy, but I'm not. I don't feel what I think I'm supposed to feel. I feel let down. See, we all feel let down at times. We think we should be feeling something different or something more during this Christmas season, and when we don't, we begin to search for it. In so many ways, the season of Advent is a season of searching. We search for the right gift. We search for the perfect tree. We search for the best sales. We search for that old box of ornaments that we put away for safekeeping. We search for a new recipe for the cookie baking day. We search for a new theme for the Christmas party. We will search for ways to make our homes and our dinner tables look like something that we find on Pinterest. And after hours of searching and work in all of these areas, we will often, so often, end up feeling empty and unfulfilled. The gifts we wanted are sold out. The tree isn't quite straight. The cookies we didn't turn out right. Our homes never look like the picture that we saw online. In so many ways, Charlie Brown's Christmas looks like ours. But the real power of this story is, is that it is not just the story of our holidays, it is the story of our life. Many of us go through life thinking we should be feeling something more and experiencing something different. And even though so many things in our lives are good and we know we should be happy, we aren't happy. We feel let down, and so the search begins. So whether it is to find meaning in Christmas or in our life in general, we need to make this Advent season one of searching. But the key is to know where to, to look and what we're searching for. Rob, could you turn me down in the monitor just a little bit, please? See, Advent is not about searching for the perfect gift. It's not about searching for the perfect tree. 
It's not even about searching for the birth of a savior because that took place more than 2,000 years ago in the town of Bethlehem. Advent is a time to search for the presence of God in our lives, and the place to look isn't in the world around us, but in the God who created us and the Savior who came to be with us. About a thousand years before, Rob, that's still echoing in the monitors. Could you turn me down in both these, please? About a thousand years before the birth of Jesus, there was another man who could relate to our feelings of unfulfillment. And after defeating 450 false prophets on a, in a spectacular display of God's power and God's might, this prophet of God ran away and sat alone in a cave, feeling rejected and alone. And from the darkness of the cave, we hear him say, I know I should be happy, but I'm not. I don't feel what I'm supposed to feel. I feel let down. And one of the biggest, after one of the biggest successes of his life, the prophet Elijah, this great man of God, is feeling totally empty. He feels like he is the only one left in the entire world who loves God. The story is recorded for us in the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. And if you want to read the whole story, I encourage you to go back and read that uh, Old Testament book of 1 Kings, but I'm going to pick up to the, the end of this great story this morning. It's in chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. When Ahab, Ahab was the king of Israel at the time, and he was a, he was a bad guy. He was an evil man, but his wife, Jezebel, was even more evil. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there. And he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken covenant with you. They've torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. In the movie, Charlie Brown's Christmas, Charlie Brown shares his dilemma with his closest friends, among them, Linus and Lucy. And they send him on a search for the meaning of Christmas. Elijah 
shared his dilemma with God who sent him on his own search not to find meaning, the meaning of Christmas, but to experience God himself. Elijah's story continues in verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. So Elijah went out and sat so that he could see God. What happened first was that there was this huge wind that blew through the mountains, and Elijah looked for, and he listened for God in the wind. And why not? It makes sense that God was a spirit, and he might be present in the mighty rushing of the wind, but God was not there. And then the ground shook, and the rocks shattered, and a great earthquake shook the mountain, and Elijah searched for God in the earthquake, but once again, God was not there. And then a fire swept over the hillside and Elijah searched for God in the fire But because several times before in their history, God had been seen and heard in the presence of fire, but God was not there. And after the wind and the earthquake and the fire came what the Bible describes as the sound of a gentle whisper or simply sheer silence. And it was a sound in a silence so deafening that it caught Elijah by surprise and he searched for God in the silence. And in the silence, he found him. Elijah pulled his cloak up over his face and he went out and he stood in the presence of God. Now that's what's interesting about this story is that God didn't come in any of the ways that Elijah might have expected. God didn't come with power and force and fire. God didn't come in ways that would rock the world. God came in stillness and in silence. A century after Elijah, the world was again searching for the presence of God, this time for the Messiah. But God didn't enter the world as people might have expected. There was no wind or earthquake or fire. God simply came to the silence of a small town and in the stillness of the night to an unknown couple. God didn't send Jesus to Jerusalem or to the well-known power couple of the day. He came to a little town called Bethlehem to a poor unknown couple named Mary and Joseph. And as an adult, Jesus didn't act like the Messiah that people expected. Jesus didn't amass a political force to overthrow the government. He gathered the least and the lost and the last of the world around him. And he created this extended family whose power would be seen in love and in grace. And while the people of Israel had been searching since the days of Elijah for the Messiah, Many didn't see him because he, he wasn't what they expected. And today as we search for meaning and purpose in the presence of God in our lives, we need to make sure we're looking in the right places. 
God often comes in the unexpected times, in the places that are unexpected, and if we're not paying attention, we will miss God completely. It's Elijah who helps us to understand how and where to search, and the first thing he teaches us is that we have to be willing to start the search. Elijah knew he was empty. He knew that he needed God. He knew his life was missing something, and so he started a search. And some of us also know that today that something is missing in our lives. Maybe it's just during this season of Christmas we're feeling it uh, in a greater way, and so we're, we're on this search to find whatever it is that we're missing. Sometimes the most important step in any process of growth and discovery is the first one. So the question for some of us this morning is, are you willing to even start the search? This Advent, are we willing to start the search for God and for the meaning and for purpose that God brings into our life? Have we gotten to the place where our holiday, where our lives, you know, and the busyness and all the trappings of this season just aren't filling us up anymore? So we're willing to start searching for something more. It's not easy to admit that we're empty inside, is it? It's not easy to admit that we need help, that we need God. But confessing our need and desire for more is the very first step in this journey. And while it's not easy, it's, it's pretty simple to begin. We just need to ask God to show us his presence. In the next steps that are on the connection card today, and I think in your worship folder as well, we have included a simple prayer and if you don't know where to start, but you, need, you know that you need to search, I invite you to at least start there. But the second thing Elijah shows us is that we can't give up the search when God doesn't appear in the times and places where we're looking for him. God wasn't in the wind and the earthquake and in the fire, but Elijah didn't give up. Elijah didn't leave the mountain. He didn't call it quits. He waited it out until he heard and experienced God in the stillness and in the quiet. In the movie, Charlie Brown doesn't give up. He tries to find meaning by directing a play, and he tries to find it in his care for a little tree, and we'll see that in the weeks to come. But that's one of the classic characteristic traits we see in Charlie Brown, he never quits. Whether it's in baseball or in kicking the football or searching for Christmas, he doesn't give up and neither can we. When God doesn't appear in, to us in a way that we think he should or reveal himself at the time and the place that makes sense for us, it's easy to give up on ourselves and on God. But we can't give up. We have to keep going. We need to keep looking for God, and if we don't see him or hear him the first time, uh, we need to keep going because God has promised that if we will search for him with our whole heart, we will find him. It might not be where we expect or how we expected it, but we will find him. And so we need to start the search and then keep on searching, but then we need to know where to search and we can't look for God in the things of the world around us. Just as we won't find the true meaning of Christmas in the tinsel and in the packages and in the cookies, neither will we find God in the power and in the popularity and in the possessions of this world. 
Our search needs to take us in a whole new direction. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. The meaning and fulfillment that will satisfy our holiday as well as our hearts doesn't come from the kingdoms of this world, but from the kingdom of God. And the best place to see what the kingdom of God is like is in the life and teachings of Jesus himself. Through his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus shows us the values of God's kingdom and how we can experience God. When we will see God when we are willing to forgive and not hold a grudge. We will see God when we pray for our enemies. We will see God when we give to those in need. None of those things are easy to do. But Jesus also tells us that we will experience the fullness of God when we turn to the spiritual disciplines, things like prayer and fasting and tithing, storing up treasure in heaven instead of treasure here on earth. The more we can live out the message of Jesus, the more we will be living out uh, of God's kingdom and placing ourselves in God's presence giving us the opportunity to see and experience God. One of the things that is needed if we want to experience the fullness of God and the fullness of life is some quiet time to reflect. In this busy season of the year, we need to carve out some time. Now, I know that's tough to do, but we have to carve out some time to quiet our hearts and our lives and to just linger with God a bit. It's not easy with all that we have on our schedules, but it's important. God isn't found in the, bu the bustle of activity and the craziness of gift giving. God is found in the love and in the grace and in the peace that we're able to share with each other. God is found in the silence and in the stillness that we can create in the middle of the whirlwind of this season. And when Charlie Brown was able to grab hold of the true meaning of Christmas, it didn't come in the Christmas play or in the music or in the tree. It came from the Word of God spoken in a silent auditorium. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And when Charlie Brown left the auditorium that day, clutching his little tree, he walked out into the stillness of the night where he heard once more the voice of God. And it is still the word of God and still the voice of God heard in the stillness and in the silence of the world that can turn us around and point us in the right direction. See, these weeks leading up to Christmas will always be a season of searching. And as we search for that perfect gift, that perfect tree, that perfect cookie, we can't neglect the greater search, the search for the one who brings purpose into our lives and fills us with perfect peace, Jesus Christ, our Lord. May we search for God in the stillness and in the silence in these weeks to come, and may we never, ever give up. Let's pray.
Lord God, only you can see into our hearts and know that under all the busyness of our life, there is a deep longing to make this Advent one that welcomes you more deeply into our life. Our hearts desire the warmth, uh, our heart desires the warmth of your love and and our mind searches for uh, your light in the midst of the darkness. So help us today to be searchers for the truth in this Advent season. Help us to be diligent in our search for the one who brings purpose to our life and fills us with his peace. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.